0: Let's go. It's the weekend already. Workout and how was that back? Doing alright. Did the half Murph? Air Raid Siren this weekend. Never heard one before. Changsha Burns. Wow. And? Hmm. What else can we talk about before the, uh, the weekend ends? Good question. Friday, uh, September 16th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky and folks, this here is my daily audio digest in which I update you on some of the uh, workouts that I do in my uh, my uh, free time. So I uh, do quite a bit of uh, running these days, and I've taken up doing the uh, Murph Challenge from CrossFit. Uh, but also some of the things that are going on here in Beijing, China. Uh, I live here now, and I uh, well, I live and work here at the moment. How long? Good question, because there seem to be quite a few people leaving. Uh, but also some of the things that affect us expats in and around uh, China and uh, in general as well. So, yeah, weekend already. Um, well, good. <laughs> I don't work on weekends, but it doesn't really seem like it uh, that I have a day off anymore because uh, of the simple fact that uh, I uh, well, I got this Delta program that I'm going through. And for those of you who haven't been f- just joining us and maybe missed a couple episodes or something, I've been working at this Delta program. Uh, program is a certificate or a diploma program um, aimed at English teachers, English language teachers, uh, such as myself, who who are involved in ESL industry. And um, the idea is to sort of upgrade our uh, knowledge, uh, not just of the English language and how to teach it, but also sort of uh, puts us on uh, on track for more administration administration and uh, course design, syllabus design. Uh, course layout sort of uh, pathways as well. Um, so this takes up a lot of my free time in the evenings and then even on the uh, weekends I spend a lot of time reading up on the different theories and some of the uh, issues sort of facing ESL and some of the methodologies to address uh, learner issues. Uh, it's fascinating actually to tell you the truth and I remember um, the the tutor, the, tutor, the uh, head instructor um saying that you know if you have no other life commitments like why you know partners and children uh or anything else it's actually kind of enjoyable this uh i'm doing the delta module one so there's three modules total and i'm on module number one if all goes well i will be doing module number three starting in january uh and so that will uh well i mean it'll, it'll keep me busy for the next six to seven months or so Delta Module 2, I'd have to find a classroom setting or something along the, along the lines uh, so I can uh, work out. Uh, it's, a, it's a different beast uh, module too. It's a little bit more intensive and it requires um, actually getting into the classroom and doing some teaching work as well, which, as I've sort of said before, I'm not entirely interested in doing too much of these days, although I still appreciate uh, the work that goes into it. Um, I'd actually much rather be moving away from the classroom and moving into other Uh, rules instead so that's my my weekend now uh, the one thing is that uh, plan B the bar nearby is actually uh, they have free burgers and beer uh, starting at 12 until 2 p.m. I'm not sure how it's gonna work Uh, good question Uh, whether or not it's going to be all free all the time or there's gonna be a ticketing system or if it's gonna be like a first-come first-serve sort of base basis Uh, and how many people are gonna show up and what's the lineup gonna be like good question don't know. So um, I'm planning, I'd like to go. If I don't though, it's going to be because I'm going to be reading uh, up on this Delta stuff and probably uh, doing some more work on the next episode of my podcast, episode number 33. So uh, for those of you who aren't aware also, um, I also do, this is my daily audio digest. I publish this Monday to Friday. I have another bigger, longer, uncut, extended edition podcast, not dealing with just everyday life, more dealing with expats who are either living in China, have lived in China, or some other people that I know who are doing some interesting things around the world. Uh, And you can find that uh, that podcast up on my website, stephenserski.com, under the podcast page. Uh, and that's uh, the latest episode, episode number 32 with Omar Badre. It was just released yesterday. Episode number 33 is in the works, and I should hopefully have that out by next week. Uh, If you're wondering why it takes me uh, some time to sort of get these things uh, done, given that I recorded both episodes a couple of weeks back, one of the reasons uh, for the delay in getting these things through uh, is there's variations in how I record them. So if there was a standard way for me Need to just record it the same way all the time, uh, I don't think I'd be uh, fiddling with post-production, audio post-production as, as much as I do right now. Uh, for instance, uh, and, and given that I am my own sound engineer, I don't have anybody else doing this for me, uh, for Omar's uh, podcast, I mean, he's a bit more of a quieter speaker than I am, uh, my other guest is a little bit louder, so it's a little—it's a little bit easier so far. Um, but uh, this contrasts heavily with doing something over Zoom, which Zoom does a lot of uh, the uh, the mixing and the dynamics, uh, dynamic effects for me. Uh, so it's a little bit easier to uh, to uh, sort of assemble so yeah that's uh, i was actually thinking of some ways to uh, remedy this situation make my life easier uh none of it seems to be really cheap i mean it's good it might cost two to three thousand renminbi six hundred dollars or so um or you know what you just deal with it and i just stop trying to you know f- finagle sound that maybe can only be so good to begin with right because i understand that um the way that i'm recording it uh the way that things are sort of uh set up i mean there's only so much you're going to be able to get out of it anyway uh before you start distorting the sound and that's what that's what i was trying to do is try to boost the volume while not distorting the sound for uh, episode number 32 but you can check that out stevenstersky.com that's where you'll find it uh there's a uh, 32 episodes so far That's only because I record them every now and then, uh, and they're longer extended conversations with uh, expats and other uh, people that I know, uh, both here in China and outside as well. Uh, And again, with this audio blog, you can find it under the audio blog section of my website as well. Half Murph. So how's my back doing? Uh, I kind of threw it out a couple days ago on Wednesday, and yesterday I was kind of taking it easy. Today, I I, I woke up uh, still a bit stiff. And I was like, okay, we're going to go half. We're, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do quarter Murph. Uh, so this Murph workout is uh, this CrossFit. Like if you've ever heard of CrossFit, this is one of the workouts that they do. Uh, a full Murph consists of a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 air squats, followed by another one-mile run, one mile being 1.6 kilometers. Now, I got up this morning thinking I would do a quarter of that. So 25, 50, and then 100. But when I got out there, I was actually surprised at how fast and easy the 25 pull-ups went. I was like, all right, let's do half. So I went 50 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, and 150 squats. That took me 22 minutes and 44 seconds total for those rounds. The mile, the first mile took me 10 minutes and 20 seconds. The second mile took me 9 minutes and 14 seconds. Altogether, that's what, 32, 42, roughly 42 minutes to do the whole workout. Then I had to work. Uh, But uh, it was, I mean, I was actually kind of impressed that I was able to do that much that quickly. And I'm starting to think that it might be, oh, and by the way, this is all unweighted. Uh, This was, um, again, to try to sort of, Ease my way back into the uh, uh, the workout. I didn't want to sort of strain anything and have uh, more problems down the line. Uh, but that being the case, unweighted uh, and the whole round. So, I mean, 42 minutes, not bad. Pretty good. I still fit it in before work. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with those results. Air raid sil- uh, siren test this week. If you've never, I don't know, do other major cities do this? Uh, I've only lived in Beijing for this long Beijing is only one of the only other cities I've lived in for as long as I have, about eight years already, uh, and at this point, I mean, I've heard the air raid siren, this would be going on probably three times that I can recall that this thing has gone off. So what happens is that starting at 10 o'clock, uh, they do three minute air raid siren, and then I think is at 10:30 or 11 o'clock. There's three different sirens that they will sound, and they're all at specific times. They've published it. They made it all very well known, so you know you don't freak out and go, "What's going on? Why? <laughs> What's interrupting my cell phone game here?" Right? Um, but uh, they are. So they're going to do this tomorrow. I've re- recorded this once before, and they've also done something outside the Fifth Ring Road. I think that was last year. I think that they uh, said they were going to do the air raid, and then it was only outside the Fifth Ring Road that you could hear it. But tomorrow is going to be the full city. Uh, so uh, I've never heard these before. I mean, again, well, here in Beijing, I've heard them, but uh, I don't know. Does Ottawa have these? Does London do these? Uh, does Paris? Uh, do, Tokyo? Do, do, do any other major cities go through these sorts of... Um, drills and how often do they do that very good question don't know um should look that up uh but uh, they'll uh, provide some entertainment tomorrow morning before uh plan b's free burgers beer fest so yeah uh we, we should uh, be able to get out there for that uh, uh we'll see how that is uh well yeah i, th- I actually i think the last air ride si- siren will go off as the uh the beer garden kicks off basically changsha fire Wow, um, yeah, a, bur- a building burned, like a, one of those skyscrapers. Not not like one of the really modern-looking skyscrapers that you'd see in Shanghai or even in the downtown of Beijing, but like one of the um, token skyscrapers that, uh, you know, a, a mobile company, China Telecom built this skyscraper in Changsha. And I think Changsha is where, is that where Mao came from or Xi Jinping came from? Uh, some, like, party diplom- uh, party cadres uh, come from there. Uh, so it's sort of famous for that. I think it's Mao and, uh, this tower burned. Now they're saying there's no casualties. Good. Awesome. Because the way that that thing burned, I mean, it was, you, you, we only saw like the videos you'll find online, uh, show the thing like engulfed in flames already. And it's just like you, you sit there kind of going, wow, how, what, how could you survive? Hopefully you're on the opposite side of the building, but even still, um, how would you get out of that? I mean, it's a very tall building. Uh, no, I mean, elevators, if they're like typical Chinese elevators, you're going to wait 10 minutes for the thing to get up to you. It's going to stop off and every the floor and go up to the top of the building. They come back down. I mean, I know because my building's the same way. It has two elevators and it still takes five minutes uh, even though one elevator is parked on the ground, the other one's in motion, and so the computer doesn't kick in that it can send the second uh, elevator up to my floor to take the one person down. It, it saves its energy, I guess. The the one thing that I would sort of wonder is going to happen, is there going to be more fire suppressant technology installed by that? I mean, what do you call those uh, little nozzles, like those water nozzles that they have in you know just about every building uh, around the world, except here in China. The none of them have them okay no it's not none of them very few of them have them i mean the ones that i guess had uh foreign architects uh foreign companies involved or something and they spent that money but i'm looking at my apartment there's nothing there's fire um, there's fire extinguishers outside outside like in each floor has one fire extinguisher i don't So that might save one apartment, uh, assuming that you can get to the fire extinguisher. Assuming that you don't (laughs) leave your apartment, the door slams behind you, locking you outside of your apartment, and then you can't put out the fire because you've got the fire extinguisher, but you don't have your keys because they're inside of the burning apartment. I laugh, but uh, honestly, this is actually something that I've never had to think about before either. And uh, although comical in comedy situations and cartoons uh and maybe a funny movie would not want to be the uh, on the uh, uh, you know the uh uh receiving end of that real life joke of uh fire suppressing technology so yeah a little bit uh a little bit scared about that one it's a concern it's a concern all right so i have a couple other topics here uh and i, I might save one or two of them for uh, tomorrow, one of the uh, f- quickest ones that sort of uh, popped up uh, today actually was that um, Joe Rogan said this. He posted this today on his uh, Instagram saying that China has found some sort of new mineral on the, ma- uh, on the moon. And uh, he writes in part of the caption, and, and part of it is that this mineral will enable nuclear fission, I think. And so it's like, you know, unlimited power. China's r- racing ahead in terms of power development. And then in the caption, he's saying, you know, it's time to brush up on that Mandarin, kids. And I'm like, Fir- first of all, no. <laughs> oh, good luck. Um, number two, uh, they'd better be able to replicate this thing on- here on Earth because it doesn't seem like it'd be financially viable to get it from the moon, right? Um, number three, kind of going... I'm s- smelling outside my window today going... That's coal dust. Uh, why would they go to fission fission when they have lots of coal and the people can't really complain about it anyway, right? I mean, I don't know. The, uh, this actually the, stru- the, the comment about time to learn Mandarin struck me because this actually refers back to my uh, my little spiel yesterday, my little shoi shuo, my little talky talk about uh learning ukrainian like w- would you learn ukrainian given all the uh the goings-on in that country right now um or would you learn another eastern european language or would you learn mandarin chinese given that most of the educated mandarin speakers speak english or another language um, and unless you're dealing with someone directly in the mainland who's never left the country before uh you might not need to know the language but this spurred another thought Amazing how that happens, and in, uh, in, in these times, what about that AI tech? So I, met, I, I mentioned this yesterday. I was saying that how was it going to? Yesterday was more about how it was going to affect our brain, how uh, affect our development, the, our the brain's development. Now, and I gave a little bit of an outline how you know you could have a computer that sort of attaches to your your temple and per, you know uh, projects a uh, you know um, a three D Glasses, uh, a screen in front of you that only you can see. It's transparent to everybody else, but you, you can see it perfectly. Maybe there's an earpiece uh, that's uh, connecting the sound as well. Maybe not an invasive earpiece, but maybe it's like just resting on outside of uh, your your earlobe or something like that. I got thinking. I think one of the reasons that we have to invest in AI technology is because of the globalization, because of the um, the threats that we can't can we how long does it take to learn a language how many people can we trust who know the languages that are necessary to know when there's a, a military threat or some sort of threat you can't train people that fast enough although governments will spend money on you know fostering language development it's this is actually a defense mechanism it's it's not so much a cultural and you know a propaganda thing um although humans are susceptible to that with the uh computer ai tech the uh, computer sort of translated languages um it actually seems that it, it might be one of these things that needs to be done because if there's a threat from a uh, not so much a a country or uh, a language that we don't know it's the language that we do know can we translate it properly can we pick up on the subtleties can we pick up on the maybe even the innuendo or the code words that they could be using that and then cross referencing that with you know current social trends social media trends right so And I've spoken before about how TikTok is one of these, you know, data mine platforms, kind of like the same way that, um, uh, what would you say, Instagram is sort of data mining as well. But Western social media sort of uh, mines your data to sell it to advertisers. Whereas there's a big accusation that uh, Chinese um, app developers and everything, they more focus on, you know, taking your your data, and profiling you for some reason, which is never really clear. Like, What are they doing with this again? So getting back to this, I mean, does it mean that, uh, can, is AI technology automated translation wherein you can pull data sets, language sets from known databases of spoken and translated languages Uh, be it electronic dictionaries or whatever, and then cross-referencing all those, any terms that are being translated real time with anything on social media to pick up any sort of like whispers, if you will, right? So feeding that all in, and of course, this gets me thinking like, especially with Joe Rogan, who's talked to Edward Snowden quite a bit about how the US is spying on all its people, and even though Snowden is hiding out in Russia, um, I mean... Does it, is there something to be said about developing this? And if a private company did it, would that be, make it any better than if the government was doing it, right? I think that's one of the things, is that when uh, there's lots of accusations about governments doing that, it's always probably jealous business owners uh, who are saying, well, that was my idea. I want to do it. And you stole my idea. Now I can't make money off it. Which is, I mean, there's something to be said about that. But at the same time, you're kind of going, hmm maybe the government's just getting the ball rolling on it, right? And in in time, kind of like how uh, Elon Musk is the most famous example of sort of privatizing some space exploration, same with Richard Branson same uh, as well, Um, like space technology development, uh, sort of pushing that forward. And then how Apple and IBM and Microsoft, although they've probably all gotten government money at some point, uh, they've been really sort of on their own and sort of developing their own technology and the uh, iteratives uh, as it, the next iterations of uh, the the technology as it stands all right so I'm gonna leave it there because that was uh, enough of uh, thinking for one episode um, I guess the question comes down to can we trust the people who know the languages that are necessary to translate what's needed to be translated right now but at the same time can we make the system safe enough that they can't be hacked and compromised in any way interesting thinking so yeah that's all because of a uh, china moon rock uh new fission material uh they're speeding ahead in terms of uh space technology oh my god what are we going to do about it sort of an instagram post i'll leave the next topics for next week i'll uh, keep them up and uh we'll talk about them next week all right folks thanks for listening i appreciate it against episode number 32 of my big cast up on my website Stevensterski.com. Under the podcast link, these audio blogs, the show notes, tracks, and vids are available. The whole archive for the last year or so, as far as I can tell, uh, are available on my website, stevensterski.com, under the audio blog section. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll see some uh, some of you out tomorrow, uh, out and about doing um, burgers and beers at Plan B. Uh, If not, Plan A is to get the Delta done, uh, or at least some of the reading. Have a good weekend anyway. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the nice uh, weather so far here in Beijing. And uh, we'll talk again. Bye-bye.